You can open up in your Bibles to Proverbs in the first chapter. Proverbs chapter 1. How many of you remember your high school reunions? Anybody go to any of those? I have never gone to one of mine yet. I guess by this point probably won't, huh? (laughs) Well, many people attend a five-year, ten-year class reunions and most of the time that people go, they go to impress each other about how successful they have become or what they have done or what kind of stuff they have gathered, things of this nature. By the 20th, many have given up on impressing their friends and are just happy to survive. (laughs) As you're near the age of 40, you can begin to tell the difference between the haves and the have-nots, between those who have arrived and those who got lost along the way. There's a story told about one such reunion between two high school buddies. They sat at the table to talk. Many at the reunion could tell the first friend had found the secret to success, while the other one was just the wannabe. The wannabe asked his wealthy friend, he says, what is the secret to your success? He says, well, I've asked God to help me make my decisions, my financial decisions all along the way. I pray, Lord, show me what to do. First time I did that, I opened the Bible, closed my eyes, and pointed to a word in Scripture, and I pointed to the word oil. So I took all my money and I invested in oil. He said later on, I opened my Bible. And I pointed to the word gold and silver. So I invested all my money in gold and silver. And the precious markets went up and the oil market went up and I made money. He said, most recently I pointed to the word in the Bible, the word gates. I didn't know exactly what that meant at first. But he said, after meditating on that for a while, I decided that what God was saying was invest in the computer industry. So I invested in the computer industry And it took off, and I made more money. Well, this guy, he's a wannabe. He doesn't know what else to do. He's desperate, so he goes back to the hotel room after the reunion, and he pulls out of the bedside table the Gideon Bible. And he opens the Gideon Bible because he's in bad shape. All his credit cards are maxed out. What little bit of room he had on those credit cards, he used to be able to make it out to the reunion. And so he opened up the Bible. He closed his eyes. And he pointed to the page, place on the page, and he looked at the word that was there that said, chapter 11. <laughs> well, we all want the wisdom of God to come to us. We'd like it to be sometimes easier than maybe it has been in the past. But we've been looking at the wisdom of God, and the wisdom of God is going to help us. You have those two scriptures ready for us? Do we? All right, pull them on up. Let's look at the first one here just to review it. This is... Um, uh, popularized by Brother Criflo Dollar. He used this a lot. Actually, the other one over in uh, Proverbs. Uh, Verse 5 of chapter 4. Get wisdom. Get understanding. Do not forget nor turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her and she will preserve you. Love her and she will keep you. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom and in all you're getting, get understanding. Is the word get a passive word? No, the word get is an active word. It is one in which you must be involved. If you are told to get the wisdom of God, there is something you need to do to get it. Now going over to our our, uh, Psalms 111. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and good understanding have all those who do his commandments. His praise endures forever. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all those who do His commandments. The wisdom of God is of utmost importance. We've gotten to pull this in our life. We've told you before when we were in the prayer series, the number one thing you should be praying for is wisdom. That is the most important thing to get in your life is wisdom. If you had wisdom, all your decisions would be, be right. We've said this to you in some of the weeks past. But wisdom knows the end at the beginning. 
Wisdom knows how a thing will end before you have even started. I was meditating on that this week. I was in the shop, sanding away and getting some things ready. And this kind of spoke to me as well. Wisdom is not the only thing that speaks about the future. Wisdom is not the only thing that speaks about the future. How many of you all know fear speaks about your future? Worry. Anxiety. Speak to your future. They begin to tell you things of where things are going to go. What's going to happen? Wisdom is not the only thing that speaks about the future. But wisdom is the one that at the beginning knows where a thing will go if you head down the path. And wisdom desires good things for you. Fear doesn't. Worry, anxiety, they don't desire that. There are other things that are going to try and speak to your future. But let wisdom be the one that does. We looked at Absalom last week and how he had the wisdom that would have made a good decision and he had foolishness that would have made a bad decision. And which one did he choose? He chose the foolish decision because to him it looked like the good one. And put this in your outline last week that in order for wise counsel to work in my life, I must value it. I must get it. If you don't value it, you won't get it. If you don't get it, you won't have it. You've got to recognize it. You've got to honor it. You've got to yield to it. Just because you get the wisdom of God doesn't mean that you're going to yield to it. You've got to yield to it. Absalom had the wisdom of God or wisdom at least for that situation or what to do. And he didn't follow it. Wisdom sent is also correction given. Wisdom has a corrective aspect to it. Remember, everybody remember the cape? What causes us to listen to counsel that proves itself to be foolishness? We use that little acronym CAPE for you to remember. First off, cost. What is it going to cost you? A lot of times foolishness is more appealing to us because the cost is lower. Wisdom seems to have a higher cost in what, in what it's asking of me to do. The appeal, foolishness generally appeals to our flesh. And that's not necessarily good. It, uh, it, it, it's not going to help you out. I don't know if you've ever heard this sort of thing, but I know exercise, how many have ever heard some of the people who go around and talk about exercise that exercise is getting a bad name? Exercise is getting a bad rap. You know, people are, I, one guy I like to listen to a lot is always talking about how bad exercise is for you. And <laughs> they'll tell you, you know, if you're trying to lose weight, don't exercise. Now, I understand where they're coming from on this, but it's not wisdom. It's not wisdom. Exercise is fine. But you have to understand is if you are trying to lose weight and you exercise a little. And let's say, say you go out and run. You know what exercise in a little is if you go out and run? Anywhere from one to three miles. That's a little. If you exercise a little, you will get hungrier than the calories you burned up. But here's the thing. The more you exercise, the more your metabolism picks up throughout the day. The more calories you burn off throughout the day, not just at the, 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 the run. Sometimes, you know, my, my little thing I use for running, it, it'll give me a calorie count. I really don't care how many calories I burn at a run. I don't care how many. You know, sometimes it'll give me, you know, you burned 700 calories today. Big deal. That doesn't matter. That, it's, that there's no... It's how much you burn it all through it. Now, here's the thing. How many, have ever, how many know cross-country runners? Anybody ever see an overweight cross-country runner? No. Why is that? Because they run too much. If you run a little bit, you will get hungrier than you would have been otherwise and probably eat more than you, should, than you would have eaten otherwise. If you run a lot, you tend to eat less. You actually have to force yourself to eat a little more. So just be, if you want to exercise, don't let it get yourself a bad name. Exercise, but just understand what exercise will do. A little bit of exercise, make you hungrier. A lot of exercise, make you less hungry and burn off more calories. So you just got to, and I hear people, they talk about this and they're trying to be wise. You know, I've exercised before. I didn't lose any weight. Of course not. You were stupid. <laughs> you just got to be smart. You got to go out there and get the wisdom that's out there for you. You know, you go out there and run a mile, you're not helping yourself. Go out there and walk a mile, probably be doing better for you anyway. But um, anyway, the appeal. Sometimes you hear that kind of stuff, don't exercise. Oh, I like that. Tell me more about this diet plan. No exercise, eat whatever you want to, have pizza if you want. I like this exercise. 
I like this idea. It appeals to our flesh, right? Uh, wisdom doesn't necessarily appeal to our flesh quite as much. Pressure. People around us tend to pressure us into doing things that are foolish. How many times people are in college, they get around college people, and what do college people want to do generally? Foolish things. Why did you do that? Well, I was with... (laughs) Well, we were around. We were out at a place and everybody was doing this. Why did they do it? I know it was stupid. Why did you do it? You knew you you shouldn't do that. I know I shouldn't have done it. I know it was stupid, but I did it. Why? Because everybody else was doing it. And of course, you know, parents as we are, we always said, well, if everybody jumped off the bridge, would you do that? Of course not. They wouldn't have done that. But, you know, it's just... (laughs) That doesn't help the situation at all. Cost, appeal, pressure, and effort. We all like solutions that don't require a whole lot of effort. Or at least they require effort we don't mind giving. Cost, appeal, pressure, and effort. These are some of the things that will help us go in the way of foolishness if I don't want to pay the cost, if I let it appeal to my flesh, not my spirit, if I give in to the pressure that is around me. Understand, the Spirit of God does not pressure you into making a decision. If you want to make the wrong decision, the Spirit of God says, that's all right, go ahead. But I'm telling you, don't do it. He won't pressure you. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 1. We've uh, read these first few verses before, but we're going to read them again as we get into the rest of this chapter. The Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel. To know wisdom and instruction, to perceive the words of understanding, to receive the instruction of wisdom, justice, judgment, and equity. Here's the thing. The wise, first off, know wisdom and instruction. Secondly, they perceive the words of understanding. And third, they receive the instruction of wisdom. Foolish people, if you just flip this around, Foolish people do not know wisdom and instruction. Have you ever had someone around that you try and speak instruction to them about how to do a thing and they know how to do it? I already know how to do it. Have you done it? No. Is it working? No, but I know how to do it. (laughs) Can you speak to that person? No. You just walk away. Go ahead and do it wrong. That's fine. Go ahead. But a wise person knows wisdom and instruction. Oh, you're going to give me instruction? Come on, come on, tell me. It's not working the way I'm doing it. Tell me what I can do. Tell me how I can make this thing go. No wisdom, no instruction. Secondly, they perceive the words of understanding. If they hear someone speak words of understanding, they perceive, you know what? This is right. I'm not exactly sure why yet, but I know this is right. Have you ever sat in a, in a church service or a special meeting somewhere or listened to somebody on the radio preaching and the, or the TV? And they're teaching on something you don't know anything about. You hadn't pursued it. But down in your spirit, it's saying, oh, this is good. Oh, this is good. You need to get this. Get hold of this stuff. You're perceiving that this is understanding. I don't know it yet, but I'm perceiving that this is good. I want to find out what this is. No wisdom. Perceive the words of understanding and receive the instruction of wisdom. Wisdom will correct us. If the wisdom you get from God never corrects you, you probably have the wrong source. The wisdom of God will correct you. Because how many of y'all know God knows how to do something better than we are doing it now? And that He can give us some wisdom. He made the universe. He knows how to make take care of your situation. So receive the instruction. If God speaks it to you, yes, sir, I receive that. I will receive that. Don't be one of those people that people come along, they try and help you out, and you're not receiving it. You put up a wall. Don't do that. He then goes on and says, The wise will hear and increase in learning. Let's go on and look, look at that one. We didn't read that verse yet. To give prudence to the simple, to the young man, knowledge and discretion, a wise man will hear and increase learning. A wise man will hear and increase learning. Anyone who is wise is always trying to find out how to do what they do better. That's a a sign of a wise person. A foolish person is a person who thinks how they do it is the best way ever. That's a foolish person. Don't be a foolish person. Be a wise person. I've talked with a few of you folks in here who like to barbecue. I am an amateur. 
at barbecue. I just do it every once in a while. It is not something I have picked up a passion for, but I do like good barbecue food. But I've, I've talked with some of you, and you know, you're out there, you are pursuing knowledge in the area of barbecuing. You are, under, you are pursuing wisdom in the area of barbecuing. How can I make this work? How can I make this go so that it doesn't burn? What can we use as a heat source? What can we use to get some extra flavor in there? And you are pursuing those kind of, I don't have to hear the stories of people who pursue this, this sort of stuff. And, uh, and a person who is an expert barbecue will seek out counsel from other people. Why? Because they're wise. They're realizing, I'm doing it the way I'm doing it because I think it's the best way. But you know what? There could be a better way. There could be a better way. And they listen. Yeah, I think that, no, nah, that won't work. Yeah, that might work. And th- but they're receiving. They're ready to receive. Be a wise person. Receive instruction. A wise man will hear and increase learning. And a man of understanding will attain wise counsel. We've said this. We went over this before. A wise person does not let everyone speak into his life. And a wise person does not let no one speak into their life. It has to be somewhere in the middle. If everyone can speak into your life, you are a fool. If no one can speak into your life, you also are a fool. You need to discern. This is counsel, but it's not wise counsel. We looked at Absalom. Absalom got one counsel that was helpful to what he wanted to accomplish, not necessarily godly, but helpful to what he wanted to accomplish, and one that was defeating. And he took the defeating one. To understand a proverb and an enigma, the words of the wise and their riddles, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Don't despise wisdom. Don't despise instruction. If someone wants to come along and give you instruction, you need, yes, yes, sir, tell me. Help, help me out. Get that inside of yourself so that you can figure out, is this going to make me better? Is this going to help me out? Is God speaking to me through this situation? God will speak to you through his word. He will speak to you through his spirit. He will speak to you through other people. He will speak to you through events in life. If you listen to him, events can also speak foolishness to you. Listen to him. All right, let's pick up a verse eight here. My son, hear the instruction of your father and do not forsake the law of your mother. Parents have wisdom. Saved parents and unsaved parents have wisdom. And if you are their offspring, you need to get it. For they will be a a graceful ornament on your head and chains about your neck. My son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. (laughs) How many of you know some sinners? How do you know that they're sinners? They act like sinners. They sin. They don't care about sin. A believer may sin, but they care that they've sinned. A sinner doesn't care, so sinned. No big deal. What's he saying about those kind of people? It's real clear. My son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. Now, I want you to understand this. Sinners can be made up of men and women. Men can be sinners. Women can be sinners. He's saying, he's saying to his son, son, Man or woman, if they're a sinner, don't let them entice you. Don't go after them. If they say, come with us, let us lie in wait to shed blood. Let us lurk secretly for the innocent without cause. Let us swallow them alive like Sheol and and whole like those who go down to the pit. We shall find all kinds of precious possessions. We shall fill our houses with spoil. Cast in your lot among us. Let us all have one purse. Join us. We're going to go out there and we're going to take from other people. We're going to, they have stuff. We're going to take their stuff. We're going to fill our houses with their stuff. Come on along with us. That's a sinner. He's saying, don't let them entice you. Don't go after their direction. So if sinners, if sinners entice you, don't go. That's wisdom right there. <laughs> how, many, how many know of a situation in your past that if you would have listened to that verse, you would have been saved from some stuff? Yeah, it's wisdom. Verse 14, cast in your lot among us. Let us all have one purse. My son, do not walk in the way with them. Keep your foot from their path for their feet run to evil. 
They don't stumble upon it. They hear evil and they, oh, there it is. <laughs> Let's go get it. Have you ever seen this with, with some folks where they know that sin is abounding? What do they want to do? Oh, let's go. I heard there's this nasty party going on down here and they're doing all sorts of crazy stuff. Let's go. <laughs> mm-hmm. Their feet run to evil and they make haste to shed blood. Surely in vain the net is spread in the sight of any bird, but they lie in wait for their own blood. They lurk secretly for their own lives. So are the ways of everyone who is greedy for gain. It takes away the life of its owner. People who pursue this life for greedy gain. Didn't just say gain. It said greedy gain. People that are like that are actually setting a trap for their own life. He says, don't pursue them. Don't go after them. They're going in a direction that will take their own life. Don't pursue it. That's wisdom speaking. Verse 20. Wisdom calls aloud outside. She raises her voice in the open squares. She cries out in the chief concourses at the openings of the gate in the city. She speaks her words. Now, this is in contrast to what we just read about these sinners. These sinners, when they come to you and they, they, they want to say, hey, let's do this. They don't shout it from the housetops. They don't stand in the open square and proclaim it. They pull you aside. Hey, shh. You want to do this with us? Don't tell anybody else. Want to do this with us? Shh. What's wisdom do? Because wisdom's not embarrassed. It's not, a, it's not a problem. Wisdom will get in the open square and it will shout. Wisdom calls out. There's a call of wisdom. Even though wisdom calls out, there's a lot of people who won't listen. I put in your outline this. The covert nature of foolishness is compared to wisdom's out in the open approach. The covert nature of foolishness is compared to wisdom's out in the open approach. Wisdom is out in the open. We do not have to cover it up. Foolishness has to be hidden. The reason for it is if we take our foolishness and proclaim it out in the open, there will be some wise people who will spot what it is. And we can't just, we can't put that out there. Verse 22. How long, you simple ones, will you love simplicity? Simple people are not wise people. For scorners, scorners are not wise people. Foolish people are not wise people. For scorners delight in their scorning. <laughs> they love to scorn wisdom. Have, and sometimes this, this just gets a hold of people. If, if you've had friends like this, I know some people that I've come in contact with in the past. And if you speak to them anything about the wisdom of God, don't even call it the wisdom of God. Just talk to them about the wisdom that's there. And they just start being scornful about it. Oh, that's garbage. Oh, that's, well, what evidence do you have about that? I don't have any, I don't need any evidence. That's just awful. Oh, that's, they just scorn. They just scorn it. That's a scornful person. Scorners delight in their scorning. They get pleasure out of it. It drives you crazy. But they actually have fun. Imagine that. And fools hate knowledge. <laughs> fools hate knowledge. So if you love knowledge, you are on your way from not being a fool. Surely I will pour out my spirit on you. I will make my words known to you. Surely I will pour out my spirit on you. I will make my words known to you. The words of wisdom will be made known to you. The words of wisdom. Get this down. The words of wisdom will be made known to you. How many times have you been in a situation and you have said, I don't know what I am going to do. Fear builds up. Because a decision has to be made and I don't know what I am going to do. Sometimes we've even just poured out our hearts to people. I don't know what I'm going to do. I, I think I, I, this thing may be the end of me. I don't know what I'm... We get all worked up about it. Look what the Word of God says. I will make my words known to you. You ought to just put that up in your refrigerator. 
Go do that when you go home right now. If that's not already burned in your memory, you should go home, put it on your refrigerator. I will make my words known to you. So if you encounter a problem and you don't know what to do, what should you, what should you say? It says right here, I will make my words known to you. Whose words? Wisdom's words. Wisdom's words will be made known to me. Because I have called you. Well, let's go back to verse 23. You didn't read it all. Turn at my... How long, you simple ones, will you love simplicity? For scorners delight in their scorning, and fools hate knowledge. Turn up my rebuke. Surely I will pour out my spirit on you. I will make my words known to you. Verse 24. Because I have called you and refused. Called and you refused. I have stretched out my hand and no one regarded. Because you disdained all my counsel and would have none of my rebuke. I also will laugh at your calamity. And I will mock when your terror comes. There are those... He says, I will make my words known to you. Wisdom will make her words known to you. But there are those who refuse, the Word of God tells us. There are those who disregard and there are those who disdain the words of wisdom. There are those who refuse them. There are those who disregard them. And there are those who disdain them. This is what he says about them. Because you disdained all my counsel. Whose counsel? Wisdom's. And would have none of my rebuke. Whose rebuke? Wisdom's. Wisdom will be corrective. I will also laugh at your calamity. (laughs) Get this, folks. I will laugh at your calamity. Why is the wisdom of God laughing at your calamity? Because you refused it, you disregarded it, and you disdained it. When your terror... Jumped ahead too much. I will also laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your terror comes. When your terror comes like a storm and your destruction comes like a whirlwind, because it is coming, he's saying. When distress and anguish come upon you, then they will call on me. (laughs) But I will not answer. Ooh. They will seek me diligently, but they will not find me. Why are you seeking after him now? Because I am in trouble. Why are you in trouble? Because I did foolishly. Foolishly. Why did you do foolishly? Because I disdained. Because I refused. Or I disregarded the words of wisdom. And now, remember when uh, God sent the prophets to Israel? Quit going the way of idolatry. Go in the way of serving God. And, then, and they would kill that one. And another one would be sent. Quit going the way of idolatry. Repent and serve God. And they'd kill that one. And the Word of God tells us that they beat some and killed others. And then after a while, God sent one along and says, It's coming. It's too late. Can't repent now. You can repent. But a calamity is still coming. They're all going down. This city is going to be destroyed. These walls are coming down. These beautiful houses, this beautiful temple. It's going to be ruined. You can repent. Go ahead. It's going to happen though. The prophecy changed because they refused to listen to the words of wisdom. Then they will call on me, but I will not answer. They will seek me diligently, but, I, but they will not find me because they, ha- they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. It's their choice. And if they actively did not choose the fear of the Lord, how many of y'all know people who fit this, this bill? Now, here's the problem we have with Christians. Sometimes we Christians are sitting there praying for them as if they can respond. Sometimes we are praying for them, expecting God to do something. We're ignoring the words of this book. You know, I spoke to them. They didn't listen. They disregarded it. They disdained it. Now they're in that situation. They will have none of my counsel. And despised my every rebuke. Therefore, they shall eat the fruit of their own way and be filled to the full with their own fancies. For the turning away of the simple will slay them and the complacency of fools will destroy them. But whoever listens to me will dwell safely and will be secure without fear of evil. Now, that's just the teaching from Proverbs on wisdom. I want to take you over to a story here in 1 Kings chapter 12. This is the story that you're all very familiar with. You've all heard before. Most of you anyway. But in chapter 12 
First Kings, verse 1. And Rehoboam went to Shechem, for all Israel had gone to Shechem to make him king. So it happened when Jeroboam, the son of Naboth, heard, heard it. He was still in Egypt, for he had fled from the presence of King Solomon, had been dwelling in Egypt, that they sent and called him. Then Jeroboam and the whole assembly of Israel came and spoke to Rehoboam. Now, Rehoboam is the son of Solomon. People came from far and wide to hear the wisdom of Solomon. The queen of Sheba came a great distance. And she said, boy, I thought they were exaggerating when I heard about your wisdom, but they didn't tell me the half of it. Wow. And she says, blessed are your servants because they get to be in your presence and hear these words every day. Here is his own son who sat and heard these wise words from Solomon on a regular basis. And still he could not recognize wisdom. They came to him and said this, Your father made our yoke heavy. Now therefore, lighten the burdens and service of your father and his heavy yoke which he put on us, and we will serve you. So he said to them, Depart for three days and come back to me. And the people departed. Now this is to his credit. It is a good idea when you have a uh, situation like this, not to answer quickly. It is a good idea not to answer. How many of y'all know we would be in better shape today if we did not answer quickly? If we just took a little bit of time, waited just a little while longer. He says, give me three days. And the king Rehoboam consulted the elders who stood before his father Solomon while he still lived. And he said, how do you advise me to answer these people? Now think about this. Solomon is the wisest man in the world and Solomon had counselors. What kind of a caliber do you think Solomon would find as, as counselors? You think they're foolish? You think they're average? You think they're above average? I think they ought to be excellent, excellent wise counselors. These guys have got to be probably the cream of the crop in the country. These got to be the best guys. And he, Rehoboam, has them at his disposal. He is just getting started as a king. When Solomon first got started as a king, what was his first request? Lord, give me wisdom to rule this great people of yours. That's his first request. Rehoboam has this wisdom at his disposal. It's right there. And he calls them in. All right, you heard the request. What do you think we ought to do? What do you think we ought to say? So he consulted the elders who stood before his father Solomon while he still lived. And he said, how do you advise me to answer this people? And they spoke to him saying, if you will be a servant to these people today and serve them and answer them and speak good words to them, then they will be your servants forever. That's pretty simple counsel, isn't it? How many of you can see the wisdom of God in that? Does God ever tell a leader to serve the people? Yeah. So he listened to the council that was there. The people said that your father made our yoke heavy. That was their complaint. Of all the things they would complain about with Solomon, their complaint was, we had to work hard. We had a heavy yoke. They didn't complain about the idolatry that he brought into the country. They didn't complain about that. Just the work, the tax burden. That's it. I already told you, it's usually good not to answer important questions, important matters quickly. Then King Rehoboam consulted the elders. Well, we already read that one. Verse 8. But he rejected the advice which the elders had given him. This is before he sought any other counsel. It says, But he rejected the advice which the elders had given him and consulted the young men who had grown up with him, who stood before him. So he heard what they had to say, and he said, Nah, nah, I'm not going to do that. He had wisdom in front of him, didn't he? Did the, was the advice that these folks gave him, was it good advice? If he would have done it, what would have happened to Rehoboam's kingdom? He would have gone on, he would have done, done great things, the nation would have been united. But he rejected the advice. See, a lot of the problems we have is not that we don't have the wisdom of God. It's that we reject the wisdom that we do have. We disdain the wisdom that we have received. 
We don't listen to the wisdom of God that is speaking on the inside of us or that other people are speaking to us or that the Word of God is showing us. We don't do it. We have it. But we go around complaining that we don't have it. And he said to them, the young men that he had grown up with, what advice do you give? Now, the wise people, they gave a really short answer. Look at this one. How should we answer the people who have spoken to me, saying, Lighten the yoke which your father put on us? Then the young man who had grown up with him spoke to him, saying, Thus you should speak to this people who have spoken to you, saying, Your father made our yoke heavy, but you make it lighter on us. Thus you shall say to them, My little finger shall be thicker than my father's waist. And now, whereas my father put a heavy yoke on you, I will add to your yoke. My father chastised you with whips, but I will chastise you with scourges. So Jeroboam and all the people came to Rehoboam the third day, as the king had directed, saying, Come back to me the third day. And the king answered the people roughly and rejected the advice which the elders had given him. And he spoke to them according to the advice of the young men, saying, My father made your yoke heavy, but I will add to your yoke. My father chastised you with whips, but I will chastise you with scourges. So the king did not listen to the people, for the turn of events was from the Lord, that he might fulfill his word which the Lord had spoken by Ahijah the Shilonite to Jeroboam the son of Naboth. Now when all Israel saw that the king did not listen to them, the people answered the king, saying, What share have we in David? We have no inheritance in the son of Jesse. To your tents, O Israel. Now see to your own house, O David. So Israel departs to their tents, but Rehoboam reigned over the children of Israel who dwelt in the cities of Judah. Then King Rehoboam sent to Adoram, who was in charge of the revenue. But all Israel stoned him with stones and he died. So here is the wisdom of Rehoboam, in case you're not picking this up. He first off, they said, lighten the load. He says, I'm not going to lighten it. I'm going to make it harder. And then when they rejected that, he sent his tax collector. He sent the IRS into their cities. Give us the money. And guess what they did? They stoned them. <laughs> they are mad. They are fire mad. If you were the tax man, I, I, I don't know, I think he might have had a little bit more wisdom than Rehoboam did right here. And if uh, Rehoboam came to him and said, I want you to go and collect the money. You mean the people who just ran out of here, man? Yeah, those people. Go get their money before we uh, get cut off from this. You want me to go into these people who just stormed out of here, said we have nothing to do with you, and go get money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go get it. We don't want to let, we want to leave money on the table. Go out there and get it. So he sent them one out there and he dies. They stone him. And in case you're wondering, they stoned him with stones, the word of God tells us. I don't know what else you stone a person with. But just to be clear, the word of God tells us they stoned him with stones. They picked up stones and they threw them at him until he was dead. He was stoned with stones. But look at the wisdom that he was given. The first, the, the older, wiser men, said, look, your father had a lot of building projects. We didn't have to go out and fight. David took care of all the battles. But he had a lot of building projects. How many of you know building projects take money? Solomon built a great palace for himself. He built a great house for the Lord. He decorated the city. He improved all sorts of things. We're told that he went and took the shields that the soldiers had. Whereas they were bronze before or made of some other material, he made them out of gold. Gold shields. They're not very functional. Gold is a very pretty metal, but it's not a very strong one. And you really don't want it stopping a sword because it probably won't do a very good job. And it's heavy. There's really no reason to use gold. It was just for show. He just said, you know what? We just want to have some flash here. So this is the kind of thing he did. That all takes some money. Where do you get the money from? Solomon does not have a job. What I mean is he's not making stuff. He doesn't make stuff to sell stuff. He just is the king. If he has money, where does he get it from? He gets it from the people. And he apparently needed a lot of money. Now, David had made a, a whole lot of stuff, uh, put it aside. But I'm sure that he, he kept on going. And The people are saying, look, we're working hard and the yoke that you put on us is heavy. They named two things. Well, they said the work and then they said the yoke. There's two different things there. So we have the work 
which is building all this stuff, and then the yoke. What would the yoke be? Well, since the only guy we have that he sent over to him was the guy who was in charge of the revenue, probably the yoke is money. money. That's just what they tend to do. So they said, if you would serve these people right now, if you come out there with soft words and you would tell these people, look, you guys have been great. My father had a lot of building projects and you guys have been right there with it. And you are right. We need to give you a break. You need to be building your own houses. You need to be taking care of your own own yards and helping your own families. And I think we can kind of back off on some of these things and just kind of enjoy what is here. And uh, we'll certainly, we're going to lighten that. We're going to cut the taxes that you guys are paying. We're going to cut the servanthood that you guys are putting in. I think it's just a good idea. We're going to do that. And as the old, older men said, you do that, they're going to be with you forever. But he says, no, we're not letting it go. And because he did, he lost one, uh, one, eleven, one tenth at least, or I'm sorry, um, ten of the tribes were gone. Ten out of twelve, eleven out of twelve were the, 11 out of 12, if we count the tribe of Levi, they were kind of scattered all over. He lost 10 tribes. He lost all that workforce. He lost all that tax money. He didn't want to lose anything. And look how much he lost. Lost nearly all of it. All he had was his own country, Judah. And of course, Benjamin went along with them in, in there. And Levi, eventually more people were added into Judah as the northern tribes went into idolatry. But he would have been better served if he would have listened. But the cost was too high. It didn't appeal to his flesh. He liked this idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My dad was tough. I'm tougher. My dad scourged you with this. I'm going to use this. My dad put a heavy load. I'm going to add to it. Because I'm just that way. I'm just, I'm bigger than my dad. I am tougher than my dad. You think my dad was tough? You haven't seen me. That appeals to his flesh. And that's the way he went. And he disdained the words of wisdom. And he went in a direction that cost him. And Israel was never united again after this. He didn't recognize the wisdom of God. He rejected it. Because he took, he took what he heard and he judged it by what he wanted. Or what appealed to him. Rehoboam's problem was not having the wisdom of God. It was not listening to it. Most of our problems, folks, is not that we don't have the wisdom of God. It's that we don't listen to it. There are some situations where we need wisdom of God, certainly areas where we can still grow in that. But too often we are not listening to the wisdom of God that we have. We're not obeying. We're not listening. We're not going in the right direction. God will send His wisdom into our life and wisdom will speak to you. The wisdom of God will come up on the inside of you and it will speak to you. It will tell you things. It will tell you how to handle the things going on with your kids. It will tell you how to things, how to handle things that are going on with your job. It'll tell you how to thing, handle things with friends. It'll tell you how to handle things with your house, with your car. It will tell you what to do. The words of wisdom will speak to you. That's the Bible. It will do it. Whatever situation you're in, the wisdom of God can speak to it. But will we perceive it when it comes? Will we even want to receive it? I want to take you over to another scripture. It's not in your outline. I just want to read this one here to you. It's talking about Jeroboam, which is who the ten tribes of the north went into his hand after this. And Jeroboam built Shechem in the mountains of Ephraim and dwelt there. And he also, this is a... I can give you the reference for that. It is 1 Kings chapter 12, verse 23. Then Jeroboam built Shechem in the mountains of Ephraim and dwelt there, and he went out from there and built Penuel. And Jeroboam said in his heart, Jeroboam said in his heart, where do words come from that you speak in your heart? Came from some source, didn't they? You're speaking these things. You come from your own, your own self. And Jeroboam said in his heart, Now the kingdom may return to the house of David. That's what's coming up on the inside of him. Is this contrary to the word of God that was spoken to him? When the prophet came to Jerob- Jeroboam, 
prophet said, look, I'm going to take 10 of the tribes out of the house of David. I'm going to give them to you. All you got to do is follow after me. If you follow after me as David followed after me, I'll establish your kingdom forever. But this is what you got to do. That's, was, that, that's wisdom. That, those words on the inside of him should continually speak to him. When these kind of words come to him and he says, now the kingdom may return to the house of David. If this people go up to offer sacrifices in the house of the Lord at Jerusalem, then the heart of this people will turn back to the Lord. Rehoboam, king of Judah. And they will kill me and go back to Rehoboam, king of Judah. When these words come into you, they are contrary to the word that God spoke to you. This is what Jeremiah should be saying. No, no, no. The word of God said this. If I follow after him, that he will establish me, and just like he did David, he will establish my throne forever. This is when wisdom needs to speak to you. When the words that are on the inside come up and say, no, God said this. God spoke this to me. I know it's in his word. And this cannot be wisdom of God. I can't respond to this. I can't go in this direction. I got to resist it. I got to not go that way. I got to disdain this word. But he didn't do that. He listened to that word. He heard that. It came from, remember we said in the beginning, other things speak to your direction, speak to your future beside wisdom. Fear. This is fear speaking about his future. That's all it is. He listened to it. Goes on. Therefore, the king asked advice. If you've already got a wrong direction, you can ask advice and you get advice to help you go along that direction. But it's a bad direction. Therefore, the king asked advice, made two calves of gold and said to the people, it is too much for you to go up to Jerusalem. Here are your gods, O Israel, which brought you up from the land of Egypt. So here it was. He, he, uh, he had this thought came in. He entertained it. And then he began to pull some other people. This is what I'm thinking. What should we do? And they said, let's build two golden calves and we'll put them up one here and one there and the people can come worship God there. If you want to do something stupid, how many of y'all know there's other stupid people who want to come along and help you? <laughs> if you don't believe me, I want you to go home because you can find us on the cable station somewhere. I want you to look up a particular TV show that's called America's Funniest Home Videos. And I want you to see some of the things that these people put together. And they did it with help. They had help to do some of these things. And I mean, one of them, I mean, you just, you just got to look at it and say, ah, this is not going to work. You're seeing the thing unfold before your eyes. It's not going to work. This is going to end badly. Right? We were watching it one time and here was this guy. They, they, in, the, in the warehouse, this is how much work they're getting done. In the warehouse, they set up a ramp. And the guy came up, I know what this piece of apparatus is. I've had to work with it before. I know, I know exactly what this piece of equipment is. And it's a little pallet jack. And you slide it underneath the pallet and you hand pump it up. And you can move the pallet out without having to get the whole forklift out. You just take the little pallet jack, slide it underneath, pump it up, move it out. The thing about a pallet jack is all the weight, all of the weight is in one spot. Right there in the center. Every bit of it. If you go up to the front and you try and pick that sucker up, it is heavy. You go in the back, try and pick it up, it's no big deal at all. But in that front, that is a heavy, heavy thing. And so they had this thing. He's going, he's zipping along, coming along on this thing. He's riding on the pallet thing. He's up on the place where all the weight is, <laughs> holding on to the handle. And the handle does not stay up. It kind of goes all over the place because it's not made to stay up. It does this. And so he goes up the ramp just fine. He goes across the thing and the idea is to jump an area onto another ramp after that. It, they don't jump. Pallet jacks do not jump. All the pallet jacks do is they go down. They go, they're good at going down. They go down fast. And so as soon as he got to the open spot where he's supposed to be flying across the little, little span they made, he went down. And so the wheel of the pallet jack got caught in the, in the gap. And it stopped. He did not. He held on to the handle, but the handle don't do nothing. It just kept on going for, with him. And it, it did not end well. But you could look at that as it's coming along. And you could say, no. But not only did he conceive of this in his heart, he got other people in the warehouse to go along and to help him and to do the same thing. The people who get snow skis and sleds and put them up on 
roofs to slide down them. The people who do things on trampolines that they were not intended for. And they suffer. <laughs> if you want a picture of this, picture we go up on, on AFV sometime and, and watch one of those people do, because just about every show has something kind of, somebody doing something stupid on a trampoline. Put the trampoline out there and when they get hurt, because they always get hurt on a trampoline, it's just, you get hurt. What is wisdom? Just, just picture this. What is wisdom saying right now? Wisdom is laughing. <laughs> laughing. <laughs> laughing. <laughs> laughing. You didn't want to listen to me? Ha 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 ha. Did that hurt? <laughs> yeah. That's what it is. Jeroboam comes up with his idea in his heart. People are going to go back to, they're not going to follow the word of God. They're going to go back and they're going to, they're going to kill me and all this. And he came up with this idea and he found other people who would come along and counsel him. Just because you have people who think your idea is good doesn't make it good. A bad idea can be made an even worse idea with the help of other stupid people. You can make an incredibly bad idea even worse. You can do it. Just just tune on that show. Next time you're watching AFV on the on the TV, I want you to be thinking, how how bad did they make this idea until we finally get to see it? Because it may not have started out as bad, but oh man, what are you thinking? God has to be thinking this about us. What are you thinking? When that thought comes up about the word of God not coming about. When that thought comes up about, they're all going to leave me. They're going to kill me. When that thought comes up, why doesn't the Word of God come up on the inside of you too and it speak to you and say, no, this is the Word of God. This is what it will do. Let the Word of God speak to you. It will call out to you. Whatever the wisdom of God will say to you, it will say in the open. It will broadcast it. One thing you're going to notice this about the Word of God, and we're going to see some of these stories as we, as we go along. There are times like this one where God says, all right, Rehoboam is going to lose 10 tribes. But you know what? Just to make it sporting, I'm going to tell him how not to lose them. That's what it is. God says, I'm going to tell him how not to lose the 10 tribes. And then I'm also going to tell him how to lose the 10 tribes. Which, which, which one do you think he's going to pick? <laughs> So God did that. First thing he said, here's how not to lose the 10 tribes. No, nah, I don't like that one. All right, here's how you can lose the 10 tribes. Remember the, the battle? Jehoshaphat's going into battle with the king of Israel, bad king. And God says something along the way. Yeah, go ahead. Have at it. Go and be prosperous. And, of course, the king of Israel says, how many times have I told you, Micaiah, that you must only tell me that he's full of garbage there. But anyway, that's what he says. And Micaiah says, I saw all of Israel scattered on the mountainside as a sheep with no shepherd. And the king immediately says, see, I told you he never prophesies anything good of me. I told you that. And, Micaiah, and, they came, and the, one of the prophets of the Lord came up and slapped Micaiah. Which way did the Lord go when he left me to speak to you? And he just said, you'll see when your master doesn't come home. God even told him, all right, I'll tell you what, this is my plan. The whole thing is, I'm trying to lure you into a place where I can kill you. Have you killed? So if you don't want to go, this is my plan. I want to bring you out in the battle because when you go into battle, only you're going to die. So do what you want. Now we're going to go into battle. That, that story right there is filled with foolishness. Not so much wisdom, but filled with foolishness. But this is up to you. Which direction you go in? You go the way of wisdom? You go the way of foolishness? It's up to you. Wisdom will speak to you, but you've got to recognize it. Be wiser than the people on America's Funniest Videos. Be wiser than that. You can be wiser. The Spirit, the Spirit of God will come up on the inside of you and it will speak to you. On your job, you will excel. You will excel. Because the wisdom of God will speak to you. You know, the wisest person that we know of in the Bible is Solomon. How many acts of wisdom of Solomon's do you know? 
take the silence as meaning you don't know too many. You know why? Because of all the acts of wisdom of Solomon, only one is recorded. Only one act of wisdom of Solomon is ever recorded in the Bible. And you all know it. Baby being divided and all that sort of stuff. That's the only act of wisdom we have of his. We have more of his acts of foolishness recorded than we do of his acts of wisdom. And yet, we all know Solomon is the wisest. He wrote Proverbs, but he also wrote Ecclesiastes. He had the wisdom of God, but he also forsook God. The wisdom of God will speak to you, just as it did to Solomon. When he listened, he did wise things. When he didn't, even though he had it, he was able to do foolish things. The wisdom of God is present with you. And you walk around, I have the wisdom of God. The wisdom of God is speaking to me today. I will listen when the wisdom of God speaks to me. I will hear what the wisdom of God has to say. I will do what the wisdom of God says to do. Because it will help you with your money. It will help you with your decisions. It will help you with your friendships. Help you with your job. Help you with everything that you let it help you with. It will speak to you. If you don't know what to do, more than likely wisdom is spoken. And hasn't appealed to that side of you that you're expecting. Remember the cape. The cost. The appeal. We don't always want to pay what wisdom would require. Would you all stand up with me? Glory to God. Father, we thank you for the help that you give us. To not only listen and hear the wisdom of God, but to receive its instruction. To perceive it of all the voices that we hear. To perceive the wisdom of God. And then to do it. For wisdom is understanding and action. We need to do what the wisdom of God tells us to do. Father, I thank you for the help that you give us. In this life. In the things that we take on. Your wisdom will speak to us. We will continually get into your word. We will let your word speak to us. We will let your spirit speak to us. We will let people that are around us that are wise speak to us. We will listen. We will hear. We will receive. I thank you for the help that you give us in this. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. This being the first Sunday of the, of the month, it's also our communion Sunday. Our ushers are going to come and we're going to share the communion table together. God, way back in the beginning, saw in His wisdom a way to redeem man. A way to redeem us out of sin. A way out of all the stuff that we got ourselves into from our time in the garden. God had wisdom. And He said, Jesus, this is what we're going to do. You're going to go down. You're going to become a man. And you were going to take on your body the things that were intended for their body. They fight this thing of being in poverty. You're going to take on their poverty for them. You're going to become poor so that they don't have to become poor. You're going to become sickness so they don't have to become sick. And then you're going to go to the cross and your blood is going to purge them from all sin. Because you will go through life without sin as a man and as God you can pay the price what wisdom God was able to to do we put ourselves in a mess we put our God didn't do it he told us don't, don't eat that tree we put ourselves in a mess and God said this is how we're going to do it we're going to get them out wisdom can get us out of situations that we put ourselves into if you will sit and listen and yield to what God will say. Eventually, I don't know, but it won't be next week, it'll be sometime down the road, we are going to look at a situation in which people rejected the wisdom of God and got themselves in a position and then God still says, all right, you guys are in this position, it's bad. But I'll tell you what, if you'll do this, it won't be as bad. And they still refuse to do it. <laughs> Or look at, at stories like that. The wisdom of God is all through. We've got to see how people responded to it. Help us out.
on the night that Jesus was betrayed before supper, he took the bread and he broke it and passed it around. And they all took the bread. And he said, this represents my body, which is broken for you. On his body was put our sickness. On his body was put our poverty. On his body was put a curse that we live under, that we don't live under it anymore. As we eat together, let's remember, it's on him. We don't bear it. Glory to God. After supper, he took the cup. He says, this represents the blood of the new covenant. The old covenant covered up sin. But under this blood, I'm going to wipe it out. We're going to wash you clean. All we need is His righteousness. We wear His righteousness. It is His blood that cleanses us. It's not our works. It's not our acts. It's only what He did. And we just receive that. Oh, how much better it is to just receive something instead of having to be good enough. Let's drink together and remember the sacrifice of Jesus. Glory to God. Father, we thank You. Your wisdom is so great. We benefit from it so much. We see the wisdom of God in the plan of salvation. see the wisdom of God in the plan of this earth, the plan of this universe. So many things we see the wisdom of God in. We thank you, Father, that our eyes are open to see it. We are not closed. Thank you, Father, that our eyes have been opened. Help us to continue to keep our eyes open to the truth and to never disdain the wisdom of God. Thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Before we go, we have uh, our praise reports and our prayer requests. I guess our, our thing here is, is was not working. I'll grab the yellow microphone. We have some praise reports to, to bring to you and then some prayer requests. I've got lots of praise reports this week. I'm excited. <laughs> Okay, the first thing comes from Chelsea. She says, God has turned a difficult situation into an opportunity for me to share my faith with lots of friends and co-workers this week. Praise Amen. God. Daryl says, God showed himself faithful again this week. He sent the right people at the right time to help my family through a major trial that came up suddenly. And Will says he's thanking God for putting me and my family in touch with our new church family. And for Brother Daryl for giving me an opportunity. He says, I have so much to, be th- to praise God for. Most of all, I thank God for keeping me in spite of myself. And we often say that. <laughs> and for blessing me with my beautiful wife. Amen. <laughs> praise God for spouses. Ray says, I thank God that the wisdom he gives me is smoothing the functions of the hospital, at least on his shift. He says, I also now have time um, almost every night before work to pray before his shift begins. Prayer often will make our work during the day go so much easier. And another financial praise report. And this says, I got an unexpected check in the mailbox this week. (laughs) Praise God. We like that. Um, Candy and Bobby. Oh, good. Keep these coming. (laughs) Candy and Bobby says, thank you, Lord, for your power and your grace and for making a way for us to get a new car. Praise God. Nice one, too. Yes, a nice one. And Pastor Steve said he had an opportunity. How many of you remember Noel Willis came and ministered here at the church? Well, he had an opportunity to talk with Noel um, to have one of their encouraging, edifying conversations this week. We do that every week or two. Yeah. And through it, he found a few new sources for podcasts of ministers um, to listen to. And one of them was where he got the quote in the, the uh, bulletin for this week. Um, this one comes from Jim. This is a healing testimony. He says, I've had back issues for five years, had four surgeries and nine, nine epidural injections with no relief. Recently, he took a trip to Georgia. When he returned, the pain was so intense he couldn't even stand up straight. He went back to the doctor. He said the problem was arthritis. He had another shot, um, and today he had another shot. Oh, to try. He says, I, I had the shot, and within 24 hours, for the first time in five years, he's, he's gone a day without pain. Um, that was a month ago, and it's still working. Praise God. And we all know doc, God still works through doctors, not just through divine healing, but he will work through medicine. Suzanne, uh, Susan Reinhardt says she was sick on Friday, had an event scheduled for Saturday. The Lord gave her the strength for the day. The event was a success, and everything she needed to get done was done. Praise God. And here's another healing testimony from Phyllis. Um, This was confirmed by the doctor that she does not need surgery. 
for pain from a torn labrum in her hip. Those are excruciating. Mm. <laughs> um, after treatment doctor, from Dr. Bruce, she was able to sleep through the night. Amen. Behind nope. No, there it is. Okay. <laughs> You're watching right foot mm-hmm. in them. <laughs> hey, Jolly said he got a report last week that he intercepted. Interrupted. Oh, no, it's no intercepted yeah. a pest. Ah, is that like before? First in the port of Philadelphia. Okay, I'm going to have to ask, what does that mean? Insect. Insect. You intercepted it from coming through. Stop that at customs so it didn't come God. in. God, I don't like them. <laughs> Praise God. Don't, don't need those foreign Thank pests coming you. in the country. Hallelujah. <laughs> um, is that shared? Uh, this is from Mercy. She was able to share with her Catholic, with her Catholic nurse, the faith. On tithing? About faith and tithing? Okay, she's never heard about tithing and wants to start. Praise God. See, a lot of people, they're just never taught. It's not that they don't want to learn. They just have never been taught. So it's good that we are and we can go out and share that. This came from Miss Gladys. Is this what you're talking about, Daryl? Yes. 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 Okay. Okay. I just love how God turned this thing around. She had a flood in her house on Thursday morning from the second floor all the way down to the basement. She says she's so thankful for brothers and sisters in Christ. Keith came over immediately, and with help and wisdom, then others came. It turns out I will have a brand-new kitchen installed from floor to ceiling and a new basement. She says furniture and clothing were not damaged, and only God could do that for me. Mm. Praise God. And I had one um, praise report that didn't get to write down real quick. Um, I don't know how many of you saw on Facebook, but Nikolai's um, friend Harold, very good friend, was basically the only Christian that he has at work. Um, died on Thursday. We were able to go to the hospital before they took him off life support. And I went to babysit the kids while they were in the room. So while I was in there babysitting, another man was sitting there, and I got to share some things with him and got to pray with him. His son had been shot in the stomach and in the head, and uh, we just got to pray with him. So that was an opportunity for an open door. So 